What's up, everyone, and welcome to episode 217 of the Justin Inside podcast, a show where we talk to people involved in the world of alternative music and their journey through it. As always, my name is Tim Birkbeck, and I'm your host and guide through said podcast. And I have to apologise because I thought we were going to have back to normal scheduled programming, but last week ended up being a bit of a fuck up, to be totally honest. Um, was going to have an episode out for you. Scheduling conflicts meant that recording didn't happen. I tried to get something else. They didn't show up. Um, so yeah, sorry about that. We didn't have an episode for, for you last week. So I'm truly, truly sorry. Um, but yeah, last week was pretty, pretty fucking rad. Just apart from that, in terms of being out and doing stuff, I managed to do three and a half gigs in three days. Uh, when I saw Grove Street, um, which was really fun. Good to see Sandy and Josh because I haven't seen them boys in a while. But also there was a, a gig downstairs the same night uh, at the exchange in Bristol uh, with Frisk and Tramadol. So I managed to catch a bit of Tramadol, which was really cool. Then the next day, I went to see Orchards. Honestly, if you like poppy, just indie rock, check out Orchards. They're so much fun. And they just they're just so good at what they do. So yeah, go check that out. And then next day after went and saw Death Goals with good friends of mine in Punch On. So yeah, it was a wonderful, wonderful time. Saw lots of friends and just had a bloody lovely time. Um Yeah. And here we are again after a, a unplanned week off. But we're back and we're gonna roll straight into another awesome guest. So this week we are joined by vocalist of Michigan hardcore band Prison Suicide, Brett Dyroll. Um I've probably still completely butchered his surname, so Brett, I do apologise. I tried so many times to get it right, and you can hear me at the beginning of this chat just completely fuck it up straight off the bat. But yeah, Brett was kind enough to, to lend some time and have a little chat with me. Uh, we discuss him sort of growing up in, in Michigan and sort of being part of like the Christian punk and hardcore scene, uh, but how that kind of opened the gate to for bands like Bane and sort of him getting into the, the more sort of quote-unquote traditional side of hardcore, uh, how his first band was more of a sort of pop-punk band and he was actually ended up being kind of a, a backing band for, for someone else before going out and playing in tall ships. We discuss uh, how when Prison Suicide became a band, how they literally wrote their first record in their first practice. Uh, and we talk about the post-COVID hangover, which seems to be a prevalent conversation point for many bands at the moment. But Prison Suicide were really one of those bands that did get an extra lift from the pandemic because everything just seemed to coalesce at the same time, where they've been a band for quite a few years, around since 2014, but... Yeah, the the, the post pandemic spike really did benefit prison suicide. So yeah, please sit back, enjoy the chat I have with Brett, and I'll see you on the other side. Cool. So uh, joining me this week on the Justin Insight podcast is vocalist of Michigan hardcore. Band Prison Suicide, uh, Brett Dyroff. Uh, I've already fucked it up. Brett, how are you doing, my friend? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? 
<laughs> I'm good. Completely. After I said I wouldn't fuck up your name, I completely fucked it up. So I do it's apologize. I've heard a lot worse. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, how is everything with you guys? Like, I feel like you're a band that at the moment are just sort of constantly kind of keeping busy and stuff, especially like coming out of the pandemic. So is that kind of how it's kind of felt for you guys being in the band that you've just like wanted to hit the ground running sort of thing? Um, I mean, yeah, coming out of it for sure. We, cause I mean, we've always been fairly active. We've been around since 2014, mm. um, but haven't really ventured much outside of Michigan until, you know, the past few years. Uh, but I think with that new EP coming out, we just sort of felt like, you know, now's the time to kind of just, you know, let's go, you know, and make it happen. Mm. So, um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been good. Like we, last night we just, uh, played Detroit with, uh, gel from New Jersey um the show was great you know so uh everything so far since pandemic has been really awesome and it's it feels good to get back at it so and obviously like i can only speak from a an english sort of perspective but like i think there's kind of like a like a sort of post covid sort of like hangover and like in the fact that every gig at the moment just seems to be like super busy everyone just like wants to have a really good time and everything like that so is that have you kind of seen that side of it as well yeah for the most part i think uh there there's been a few like you know because like the pandemic seems to ebb and flow a little bit you know uh there's been a couple shows where it seems like you know numbers are going up a little bit you don't see the turnout like it you know other days but like Hmm. uh you know since numbers have been getting better recently shows have been insane so like last yeah. night it was crazy it was packed you know i don't i don't know if they could have fed any more people in that building but <laughs> yeah. but yeah it was great so that's cool well as i say i always like to take my guests sort of like back to their their roots and origins so what kind of got you into alternative music in the first place like what was your first exposure to it uh so i i grew up with a brother who was eight years older than me um and he uh, he always had like CDs lying around the house that I would steal from him, and you know it was mostly mostly like '90s rap, like NWA and stuff that mm. I should shouldn't have been listening to at six years old. But, <laughs> but uh, um, I would occasionally come across something that he'd have, like Rage Against the Machine or Nirvana or whatever, and I would steal those CDs from him and listen to him. And I didn't know you know hardcore roots or anything of those bands, but mm. uh, that was sort of my my first exposure to sort of like. I, I don't know, more aggressive music. Um, but it wasn't until like Dookie came out green day that I really mm. got like, I, I always say like, that's like the first band that made me think, does this band have any more, you know, like that, which is yeah. sort of like a, sort of like a big moment for me, like, you know, saying like, like, Oh, this band is really good. What have they done in the past? And then I found through that lookout records and you know bands like screeching weasel and mm. you know the queers and all that kind of stuff like and you know kind of went from there and got really into punk from there um yeah and then uh growing up in like the sort of western side of michigan where i live it's a very religious area um and uh so i got you know i always, i grew up going to church and everything and got really into like christian punk and it was through there that i discovered like hardcore um, okay. And then, and then, you know, so like, you know, found bands like strong arms, stretch Armstrong, that sort mm. of thing. Uh, and then, you know, sort of grew out of like the, you know, belief side of that and, you know, <laughs> yeah. grew, grew more into, uh, 
you know, I guess uh, through bands like Stretch Armstrong, I found the Bane and, you know, uh, different, you know, more, I don't know, secular, I guess is the word. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hardcore yeah. bands. So, yeah, but yeah, just kind of like saying, a standard tra- trajectory, especially for this area, you know, growing up mm. in the very religious area. But mm. so you said, like, obviously, with your, like, your brother kind of had like the CDs and stuff sort of laying around and stuff. So even if you had that kind of religious sort of upbringing, what, did you kind of have like, was music quite a prominent thing in your in your household growing up? Not so much, more, more uh, just me and my brother. And he was mm. always, like I said, more into like rap. Um, uh, it's funny that like, I, I like rap, but it's, I don't have as much of an appreciation for it as like, you know, most people do. Um, mm. But it was like, he, he would always like have little like uh, breadcrumbs that would lead me to hardcore. Like, I remember he had a, uh, it was like a BMX video that had um, a downset song on it. If you remember that band downset. Yeah. Yeah. And that was like, probably if I think about it, probably the first hardcore band I ever heard in my life. And, mm. um, and it was just through, you know, watching some BMX video, that video that he had. And uh, so it was just kind of like, um, I, 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 I could almost say my brother got me into it, but almost like not on purpose. Like, you know, like <laughs> yeah. I was just like finding the little, the little, uh, like I said, breadcrumbs of, you know, mm. punk and hardcore that were in the things that he, he did listen to. But mm. And then, like as you say, like with sort of Green Day, kind of like being the opening the floodgates kind of thing. From that point on, were you just sort of like actively searching for bands, like digging into like whatever yeah. you could find, or were people kind of like recognizing that you'd liked a certain thing and going, "Oh, maybe you should check out this." Like, where were you kind of finding all these different avenues? Well, I, so like, you know, I said, like, I got into like the Christian punk stuff. Um, mm. There were, there were always like these, uh, you'd go to like Christian bookstores and find like tooth and nail record stuff. Yeah. They'd always, they would always have these little uh, um, like comparative sheets, like for fans of sheets. Yeah. So it, it would say, you know, like if you like, uh, you know, uh, social distortion, you might like, uh, I don't know, Craig's brother or something, you know, like some like random, you know, skate punk band that, uh or like bad religion you might like craig's brother um Mm. so like through that you know you would find i I would always kind of like go the other way and be like well i like this craig's brother band but who's this bad religion band? (laughs) and then then, you know like and then you check out you know you know the thank you notes or like t-shirts bands are wearing and Mm. promo pictures and stuff like that you know like i don't know i've heard people say the same thing a million times but it's it's always funny to me because it's like yeah that's exactly what happened to me too like yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) but and you've mentioned obviously like obviously going through like the sort of christian sort of hardcore bands and then sort of branching off sort of thing but and you mentioned sort of like bands like stretch armstrong and things like that but was there kind of a particular like hardcore or punk band that you sort of like really gravitated towards because you said like green day was the one that you were like oh okay dookie was the the stepping stone but i want to learn more but was were there any bands of that of kind of like the more sort of hardcore ilk that you kind of really gravitated towards it, it probably wasn't until maybe 2003 um like later in high school because i was i was always like more really like really into 
punk and pop punk, like uh, sort of yeah. like the look, lookout record style pop punk um, growing up. But then around, yeah, like around 2003, um, I remember Comeback Kid, Turn It Around came out. And yeah. that was like the one album that like, like really like was like sort of my, my turning point into like, oh yeah, I like, I like really like this hardcore stuff. Cause all my friends were like always really into metal core. And at the time, like, um, do, are you familiar with that band still remains? Yeah. 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 They're, they're from the area that I'm from. And so I'm, I'm friends oh, with okay. all those guys. Um, so like that band was just starting up and they were touring with like haste the day, all these bands. And like, so all my friends were like really into that metal core stuff of that time. And, mm. uh, uh, I never really related, you know, too much of that. It wasn't really my <laughs> yeah. vibe, but, uh, but, uh, yeah, so like you know, like while they were listening to that, I was in, you know in the back listening to, you know, Descendants or something, and uh, but yeah, it was like the one common ground with all my friends was like, oh, this Comeback Kid record is great because mm. I think it's, you know, it's a lot, it's it's very catchy, so it kind of appeals to like someone of like a pop punk background. So mm. uh, and then it was just I kind of from from there, I found you know Bridge Nine and all the you know because like they they had toured with Champion. So I found champion yeah. and I, you know, all the bands that were like uh, of that sort of like early two thousands bridge nine era, like think fast records and all those kind of, mm. you know. but so like outbreak. It's quite, it was an earlier one for us. Yeah. It's quite funny. interesting. Cause it's, it's weird. Like that comeback kid album is probably like the one that was the same for me, but I was, I was one of the metalcore kids. Like, so okay. <laughs> I was, I was very much like into like, as you say, still remains Atreyu, Under Oath, like all of those kind of bands. But my brother right. was a bit more on like the heavier side, so he was still like he was listening to Converge before like I'd really kind of got into them. But he had that like the Turn It Around CD, and like he, I remember him just listening it to it one day in the house. And I was like, oh, like I like this. Like I don't usually like <laughs> some of the heavier stuff that you like, but this is cool. So yeah, it's interesting that that comeback kid was the same, what like gateway, but also just because I haven't heard the name still remains in forever, and you've you've like literally just popped a memory into my head. So when I uh, if you don't mind me asking, how old are you, Brett? Uh, thirty-seven. Okay, so you're a little yeah. bit older than me, but I remember when I was in college one of my friend's bands play, like did it was just like a local show um but they did a cover of a still remain song and i can't remember for the life of me now which one it was but there was like a harmonized like chorus in it and like it was like the highlight of my night getting on stage getting <laughs> to like basically do still remains karaoke <laughs> so nice that's awesome was it the the worst is yet to come is that i think that's kind of like maybe, a big yeah one. <laughs> maybe i think so but yeah it's just like that that memory was dug deep in the back of my head and you've just bought it back so appreciate <laughs> yeah i was that. i was uh my first hardcore band was with um their singer's little brother played guitar in it uh, oh sick that's cool yeah yeah um so someone you, who I, I haven't seen in a while but <laughs> <laughs> so in terms of like because you were saying obviously like growing up with sort of like the more sort of christian side of things and i always find it like when people sort of transition sort of like from just listening to music to like going to to partake and and sort of go to live shows and things like that 
so was there like were you was your in kind of that more was it that sort of more christian side of things or when did you sort of start going to shows um it, it probably they kind of sort of coincided with me getting into that mm. kind of stuff um because most of the venues around here were in churches or right. like at least all age venues um excuse me uh it wouldn't always be like uh just uh christian bands playing at those you know like it would be like a, a youth group that would have you know sort of like their quota of christian bands alongside yeah. you know uh whatever band you know was it whatever 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 other band was on the show uh but it was always like you know those like sort of big mixture bills of like metalcore meets ska meets you know punk meets you know thrash metal whatever mm. um that i i can't imagine being at in 2022 would be kind of <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh um but yeah like that that was sort of it and then like uh are you familiar familiar with uh the cornerstone music festival it was like big huge yeah, yeah. christian uh that was like the first time i went to that was in like 99 uh, i was like the year before i went into high school and um that was like a huge thing for me like i saw all my you know all my favorite bands at the time and that was like the thing that just like hooked me i was just like in for mm. life you know so mm. um but yeah like it all sort of coincided with me getting into the christian stuff and mm. and in terms of like the more kind of like punk and hardcore stuff because obviously i have very sort of little knowledge of of what sort of the michigan scene is is like but obviously like you hear sort of stories particularly of like with detroit and things like that but like was there kind of much of a scene like when you were growing up or did you kind of find it difficult to find punk and hardcore shows or was there quite a thriving scene uh so i i'm on the west side of the state which is like three hours away from detroit mm. um so like grand rapids is where i was kind of going to shows and there was right, always okay. there was always shows there um there's like this big venue skeletons it was like an amazing all ages venue and they were always doing um like punk and hardcore shows the the owner was an old hardcore guy that just like what you know he, he'd always book like a doll and you know whoever and Mm. Uh, so like you know it was always a pretty thriving scene we were also you know i was three hours away from detroit and then three hours away from chicago on the other side so mm. it was you know i could see any band i wanted to you know as long as i was willing to you know make the you know, little drive mm. but yeah so it was it i i got to see you know quite a few bands growing up just doing that so yeah and like you mentioned obviously sort of like cornerstone being like the sort of thing that got you hooked but in terms of like the smaller kind of i guess like diy kind of shows was there any particular show that like really sticks out in the memory of of like you going oh yeah this like this is for me now sort of thing uh uh well yeah actually uh it's uh comeback kid again uh they played <laughs> so skeletons was like this like venue where it started out in like this upstairs area it was this tiny little coffee shop and then it expanded into a bigger rock club um right. uh but when it was still upstairs like in this like tiny little venue combat kid rolled through on like their first tour and there was maybe i don't know 50 people there and they they just blew me away and it was just mm. like yeah it, and uh i think um my friend mark's band played they were, they were called the rose it was like a they were from saginaw michigan uh and that was the first time i had ever seen or heard them and i was just like oh like there's there's bands from here doing this too. Okay. Like, mm. so, so yeah. And, uh, 
yeah, I just, just like hooked me in. Yeah, lifer. And cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then sort of in terms of like you kind of like getting involved in in actually sort of playing music and things. Obviously, we know you now as as the vocalist of Prison Suicide, but. Did you kind of ever dabble like with any instrumentation or has kind of vocals always been the thing that you've kind of wanted to to have a go at and, and push for, forward with? Yeah, my first band in high school um, was like a pop punk band um, that I played drums in. Um, it was like nothing very good or anything. Um, <laughs> but we did, uh, there was this band from Texas called Darlington. They're just like mm. sort of like a, they were like that lookout record style um, band. Uh, that like had a few um notable records i guess in that scene um and they uh like the singer's backing band at one point like left and he needed a backing band so he had my high school band fill in on a tour so like, oh wow so i drummed for that band for a little while too um but uh then like after that um after that band broke up i kind of like i moved out to rapids and started, kind of was getting more into hardcore and that's when i like started uh, my first hardcore band tall ships that i uh, that i sang in so mm. uh it, the drum thing didn't last too long although i, I have drummed in bands since but mm. so what, what kind of like drew you to drums in the first place um i don't know i just always had like uh a knack for it i guess and it was it was all just you know self-taught all my mm. my other friends already played guitar they needed a drummer and i knew somebody who had a drum set that i could borrow and it's just you know sort of worked out so but so yeah then, i oh, sorry. oh but i'm i i would say that i wouldn't have me play drums in a band now <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. so then you mentioned obviously like with tall ships, you you kind of obviously switched over to to vocals. So I don't know what was it always just something that you wanted to to have a go at. Like, why did you kind of like want to make that switch and and maybe not maybe persevere with the drums sort of, sort of thing? Yeah, I guess I I just had some I had some interest in it. I guess I don't know. Uh, um, I was always like friends with like very talented mu musicians. And mm. I was always kind of like the one that was like adequate, you know, <laughs> but like <laughs> yeah. not like the best. And I was always, but I was always hanging out with them and uh, wanted to, you know, be involved in what they were doing. And uh, at one point, my friend uh, Peter, who played guitar in Tall Ships, uh, just said like, hey, you know, why don't you try singing? And so that's kind of how that band started, because we we initially started as like this like thrash punk band um, that I was playing drums in and it just like wasn't working out. Um, and it was also with Damien, the guitar player from who's now in prison suicide with me. Mm. Uh, and, uh, it just kind of like fell apart. And then me and Peter sort of went off on our own and started tall ships. And it was his idea to just kind of like, you know, why don't you jump on the mic? And it just sort of kind of fit, you know? Mm. So, so what, what kind of like style was, was tall ships? Uh, it was like melodic hardcore, um, sort of like verse that kind of you know like that okay. early 2000s melodic kind of thing that was mm. that was popping off so in terms of kind of like doing stuff of note was that kind of i guess the first band that you were sort of i guess so 
a sort of like quote unquote like active band sort of thing that you you'd say yeah yeah that was like the only the the, the first band that um kind of toured aside from that thing that darlington thing that um mm. that like you know did any kind of touring that had like a record out or anything um we put out like a an lp are you familiar with uh assault records out of germany yeah did, the name uh, rings a bell yeah yeah they, they put out our lp for us um that was kind of like the biggest thing i had done at the time and, mm. but not not super notable but still you know cool <laughs> <laughs> So just to kind of backtrack a little bit, because you said obviously you did a bit of touring when you were kind of in that, the backing band for the Darlington sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So I guess because that was maybe not necessarily like your band, so to say, but obviously it still gave you kind of like touring experience. Right. So when you kind of like then switched to do stuff with tall ships and you were kind of hitting the road and it was like your baby sort of thing. Did you kind of see a difference in like how the two touring worlds kind of differed sort of thing? Yeah. I mean, well, Tall Ships didn't necessarily get to do as much touring as I would have, you know, liked. Um, mm. But uh, when we would go out, yeah, it was definitely, it was a lot more important to me. Whereas like, mm. you know, Dar Darlington, we were just out there to have fun and, you know, shoot, squirt guns at each other or whatever we were doing you know? <laughs> yeah. but like but yeah so i mean not that tall ships wasn't fun to be out on the road with but like it was like definitely a more serious thing where i like put life on hold for it you know like i like took some time off school to like be in this band like i thought to myself you know like at one point i thought like you know we're all uh because like that label was in, based in germany uh the guy that runs the label he had mentioned us coming out to possibly coming out to europe which we never actually did but mm. um but like uh yeah so like i i had like sort of put different things on hold uh to do that band um and then unfortunately sort of fell apart and didn't really work out the way i wanted it to but but yeah it was like you, you like you said it was definitely my baby you know like mm. I, I still look back uh really fondly on that band because i think the music was really good but uh mm. yeah i wish we could have done more we did do like a reunion show a couple of years ago um but it was just like you know a local thing it wasn't like we yeah no, nobody really <laughs> nobody but <laughs> people from grand rapids ever really cared but but that's like even though because as you say like i guess in comparison like the, as you said the darlington thing was a bit more kind of like you guys just having fun yeah and then obviously with tall ships like you guys wanting to kind of actually push it as a as a band sort of thing and as you say like it must have got to a point of some note if a label from germany is willing to kind of put out your record sort of thing so i don't know did you kind of notice that like because you'd put in sort of a bit more graft of it that it was kind of paying off and you were getting sort of attention from outside of grand rapids as well like did you notice there was a point of that change there was, I mean, there was a little bit, I would get messages from, you know, random people that I didn't know, but like, I, I don't think like, I think it was cool that that guy put that record out, but I don't think it was very successful for him, you know, I, <laughs> right. um, I'm sure he's still got quite a few copies laying around. Um, <laughs> yeah. Cause like I said, like we, we, we really weren't able to do as much touring as we wanted to. Cause like our guitar player at the time was like 19 and, and bought a house and then felt right. obligated to stick around and pay his mortgage 
I don't know. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, no slight to him. You know, it's good. Good for him. Yeah. He, he's grown up. <laughs> So then, in terms of kind of like bands in between, obviously, can you give me sort of like a a, like a bit of a whistle stop tour of like from Tall Ships to to Prison Suicide? Like, what was your kind of like musical journey? Uh, it's not, but like right around the time that band was breaking up, me and the guitar player. And my now ex-wife um, started another band uh, called Circle Maybe that was like sort of like an uh, indie pop band, um, kind of like in the vein of like Lemuria um, mm. that, that I actually played drums in. Um, and then uh, that lasted until my wife and I split up. Um, and then I'm trying to think if I did anything musically after that. I don't think I did. I think it was just kind of nothing for a couple of years. And then um, I started talking with my, with Damien who plays guitar in prison suicide um, about how, you know, he and I should do a band together. Cause our, he, he was in another band uh, called brothers mm. uh, from the Grand Rapids area that uh, also had just sort of recently broken up. And we were like, you know, like both finding ourselves without bands. And I said, Hey, you know, why don't we do a hardcore band together? So we kind of merged those two bands. So it was like a couple members of Brothers, a couple members of Tall Ships. Um, and then uh, the drummer at the time was uh, this guy, John Massel, who was, uh, he was in like that band North Lincoln, if you're, if you've ever heard of that band. I don't know. No. It's like a No Idea Records band. Um, right, okay. But, uh, and uh, yeah, so it was just kind of me reaching out to him saying like, hey, why don't we start something? And he said, you know what? Yeah, let, let me you know, get a hold of everybody. 10 minutes later, he texted me back. He said, this guy, this guy, this guy, and this guy are all in. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, it was, it was real easy to start. And then we got together probably like a month later and wrote our first LP in a day. Like the whole no right? way. Yeah. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. Everything but vocals, but yeah. Like, how is that even possible? Uh, it's it's a whole lot of not really trying. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, okay. So from there, then, as you say, like if you're if you've got the whole record but didn't have vocals, I don't know. Did that kind of put any pressure on you? Or well, I mean, were you like, just kind of uh, join the ride sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, I was I was sitting there while they were writing music with like a notepad, you know, sort of like coming up with ideas while they were doing it. And I had some like vague ideas of things to write down, too. So it like took me another couple of days to just kind of get everything written. And then mm. like a month later, we went and recorded all of it. And, uh, you know, a couple months later, hadn't had an LP out. <laughs> so <clears throat> I've never been. Like, yeah. It, sorry, go ahead. I've never been anything that like moved that fast before, but we did practically the same thing with our second LP too. So it's like, I don't, I, somehow our, our Damien, our guitar player is kind of like a riff master. He just like, can just like shit out riffs. Like it's no problem. So <laughs> it's just like, we'll just sort of like be like, I don't know, Damien throw a riff. And then he just does. And we got a song. So I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, it works and out. I think like, Obviously, the the age we're in at the moment with sort of like 
the way that hardcore moves like i don't know you you get sort of like bands that will do a demo and an ep and then break up and you'll never hear of them or you kind of get the other side of it where bands do the ep the full length and they keep going and they do the second full length and so on and so forth but for you guys to literally like come straight out the gate with a full lp was that kind of like obviously i know it wasn't intentional but i don't know did you just kind of like think like well we may as well just go like we've got all this material so we may as well just roll with it yeah i mean well i don't even think there was that much thought into it because i i kept pushing i mean well first of all it is only 13 minutes of music so it's it, <laughs> yeah. lp in name only you know but uh so like uh damien also runs his own label too so he um, right. he, he just like put it out so th- there wasn't really a whole lot of thought to it it was just like hey we have all these songs damien's got the label why not just put it out you know uh mm. and we've still got quite a few copies of that record lying around because I think he pressed too many, but, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, um, it's funny. Cause like our second release was a demo. So it was like LP right, okay. to demo, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think, I just think it's, it's just like, a uh, after doing the hardcore thing for so many years, it was just, so, I think we were all just sort of like on autopilot and we were just like, mm. yeah, like we know what we're doing. Let's just go and go in and do it. We've got all these songs. Yeah. Just put them out. It's only thirteen minutes. It's basically an e- basically an EP, you know. So, mm. but and because obviously, like as you say, you've kind of almost kind of done things in reverse a little bit, as you say, because you did the the LP, then the demos. But like, obviously, to the point where we're at now, you've got sort of uh, quite a bit of like substantial material behind you. And we'll kind of get on to sort of the EP post-COVID stuff in a moment. But I don't know, what did you kind of, and as you said, like you'd kind of been around the hardcore scene for a number of years, so you kind of knew what you were doing. But did you notice that there was kind of like a difference with prison suicide in terms of like people paying attention to it a bit more and kind of getting invested in it like more as kind of like quote unquote fans rather than it all just being your like friends and peers kind of thing. Um, yeah. I mean, well, I think we, because we were sort of like a combination of two already sort of established bands in the area. I think we sort of had like a leg up right away mm. um, to where people were just like, Oh yeah, it's the, it's the guys from tall ships and brothers. Cool. I'll, I'll go check out their band. Um, and then, I mean, it, it kind of took us we all live kind of far away from each other. Like most right. of us are like within like an hour of each other away. And uh, so when we first started out, we didn't play a whole ton. We kind of just stuck around our hometown. So it wasn't like really like we were getting a whole lot of notice. Um, uh, although we had like um, Damien's label is kind of like, um, it's it, it's got like some like sort of like, uh, metal, um, uh, I don't know. He, one of his bands on his label is kind of like popular in like the sort of like black metal scene. Um, and and so like uh, anything he puts out, um, on that label, like metal fans kind of like get into it. So like, uh, I noticed like a lot of like metal fans were getting into prison suicide, even though we're like not a metal band at all. (laughs) Uh, but like, 
uh yeah not not so much from like playing shows like we weren't like getting like a lot of notice until maybe like the last couple years when we like really started playing out more Mm. but and in terms of kind of like because obviously the way that i kind of came across you was this this latest ep and obviously i've kind of subsequently kind of gone back and listened to like your older stuff and obviously because we're in an age now where the internet is a lot more accessible to people and people do find new bands and things like that and i think i'm speaking purely for myself but like because when shows stopped the only way that i could consume music was by digging through the internet and finding bands that i'd never heard of and things like that and obviously that's kind of how i came across you guys so i don't know did did you see like that kind of shift with the new ep that like because people were maybe either just starting to go back to shows or still were in that point of like shows aren't a thing that they discovered your music off the back of that and have now kind of found sort of newer slash international fans. Yeah. I think I, I have noticed uh, like, I think the pandemic did as crass as it is to say, kind of help us in that way. You know, mm. like um, I think the timing of that EP coming out was like almost perfect. Cause we had it recorded almost a year before it came out. Um, I don't even know if I think it might have been even pre-pandemic when we like actually went into the studio. Right. Um, okay. And then like it came out, you know, just as shows were starting back up. Um mm. and it just like sort of like I think somehow the timing just like worked out perfectly because like people were sort of like like in a digging mood. They were in like a like let's get back to it mood. And yeah. uh so yeah, like um, like I was surprised when you reached out, I was like, like, how does this guy know who we are? You know? <laughs> so, I mean, I thought I was like, you know, stoked on it. I've, I had actually heard your podcast before. So I was like, Oh, cool. So like, but, uh, but yeah, like I've noticed, I've definitely noticed an uptick in like, um, you know, like, I don't know, I guess Instagram followers, you know, people like, yeah, yeah. you know, in, you know in streams on Spotify and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, and I think it is all, I think a lot of it is due to the, you know, pandemic, just kind of putting people in a mood. So, mm. or giving people and free time, thing, I guess. But Yeah. And that's the thing, because I think like, because obviously after I found the EP, like, as you say, kind of like go on Instagram and like check, check out what you've been up to and things like that. And I think you were kind of like one of the earlier bands that were sort of, sort of like, getting things going again sort of from that side of thing so and then and then as an we've kind of already addressed that like there was sort of like that covid hangover so everyone was like raring to go for when shows did come back but like i don't know like from like a prison side suicide perspective did you notice that there was like a drastic change in like the people who were coming to see you comparatively than before the pandemic because like there's people going to a show for going to a show's sake but like were there more people that like knew like your songs and stuff like at shows and things like that uh you know i yeah i mean yes and no i 
it, it seems like we don't, we get it. We always get a good reaction, but I don't, I don't often see people singing along, mm. <laughs> but, uh, I think, uh, what I've noticed is it's a lot uh, at, at our more recent shows. It's a lot of like younger people who I've never seen at shows before. Right. Um, and I think it's, that's something I've noticed coming out of the pandemic is that it's a lot of new people. Um, and I don't know if it's just like, you know, maybe they discovered hardcore in general during the pandemic. Mm. Um, it's possible. And I think that's awesome. If that's, if that's the case, you know, mm. um, and maybe it's the turnstile effect, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think uh, that's, that's the biggest thing I've noticed is it's just like lots of, lots of young people um, like the show last night. It was, it was all, you know, like, you know, yeah, like 18 to 25 year olds mm. um, making me feel ancient. And, uh, <laughs> but uh, I mean, it was great. I, 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 we got like a, you know, a great reaction with those kids too, specifically. So, mm. and I, and I noticed, you know, like of quite a few of them coming up to me afterwards, you know, saying like, you know, Oh my God, thanks for coming out and doing this. You know? So, yeah. But. And just to kind of, backtrack a, a little bit because obviously you mentioned what uh with sort of tall ships that it was kind of like that sort of melodic sort of style of hardcore and that was sort of very sort of prevalent at the time and i think what a thing that kind of drew me to like prison suicide is that even though it's like fast and aggressive it's kind of got that sort of I don't want to say youth crew, but there's like an element of like more, I guess, kind of traditional hardcore embedded in it, even though it's very fast. So I don't know, like when you kind of first started the band, and because I don't really know what Brothers sound was like, but did you, was it a combination of kind of like interweaving the two sounds to find a common ground? Or did you want Prison Suicide to kind of just be something fresh, but it ended up kind of picking up these elements along the way sort of thing. Uh, well, so brothers was more of just like a straightforward hardcore band. Um, but not in the vein, uh, that like we are, um, I think we, when we started like talking about starting prison suicide, we were all, I, I think the conversation was like, Hey, like, let's make this sound like, you know, uh, like Boston hardcore, you know, like mm. sort of like, like that, like uh, right brigade kind of like, or, um, you know shades of uh suicide file that kind of stuff like that's like the stuff that like you know we all like i think would say is like our favorite shit you know mm. um but then like we all love you know like 80s hardcore and stuff like so like uh like poison idea all that kind of stuff was like big influence too um and then uh i think even like the first band i like uh suggested like sort of like or sound uh suggested like we sounded like was like uh i think i said like something like, like let's sound like trash talk or something you know but right um, yeah yeah and so that's kind of like the thing we were going for is just like a more straightforward but fast hardcore band mm. so and because obviously like just to, the reason i ask is to kind of bring it back to as you say like the this sort of younger generation that has sort of like appeared post pandemic like even though there are sort of like faster hardcore bands around now, but as I say, I think what makes 
you guys unique is that even though you're fast, you have that kind of sort of traditional edge to it. So, like, yeah. have you found that, like, people, <clears throat> like, y- younger crowds specifically have kind of, like, checked out your band and then sort of subsequently, like, dug around and, f- and found, like, like, what your influences were, like, gone back and found it, like, Suicide File and things like that? Or have, have you not kind of really had those interactions? Yeah, I haven't, I haven't noticed that, you know, as much, but I do like try to like wear our, you know, my influences, at least in, in, I can't speak for the rest of the band, but like, I try to wear that shit on my sleeve. Mm. Um, you know, like I'm always, I, I will always like make sure to wear a shirt or something like, you know, hoping that people will like do, <laughs> yeah. do, do, do what I did when I was getting into hardcore and like, go check that band out. Um, but, uh, and I've talked to, you know, like actually I was just talking to somebody last night about suicide file. Um, and so like, you know, like, I hope like, you know, us trying to like emulate that maybe pushes somebody to go, you know, check that kind of stuff out. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I, yeah, like, especially like that sort of scene, that genre, uh, that or era of like Boston hardcore, I think is like something that is, uh, maybe getting lost a little bit right now. Cause like a lot of what I hear coming out of, of like newer bands is, you know, very, is, is, tends to be a lot heavier these days. Yeah. Um, and I, I would love to see, you know, more bands kind of doing this, this sort of stuff we're doing. Uh, one of the bands we played with last night is this band from Detroit called Sawchuck, who is, they've got like that American Nightmare kind of sound. And um, yeah, like they're, they're incredible. Uh, and so like, I'm, I'm seeing like more bands like that pop up a little bit, but mm. I'd, I'd definitely like to see more of it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, and I think, because I say, I think that's kind of why I was I gravitated towards you guys because it's definitely that sound that got me into sort of like I've I've always been like more leaning towards like the melodic hardcore side of things than yeah. the heavier side of of hardcore. So yeah, the the more the merrier we see is right. Uh, yeah, would definitely get my stamp of approval, sort of thing. Yeah, I and mean, there's there's great bands out there doing it, you know, like Chemical Fix. Um, yeah, you know, like unfortunately, Time and Pressure just broke up, but like, uh, like Last Gasp from Ohio, like there's there's a lot of bands doing like the you know sort of cool, fast, straightforward thing that I've I'm you know coming across or bands that we're friends with. And, mm. So, and just before we kind of like move on to sort of I guess what the next step is, the I know that. I know sort of doing a bit of reading and stuff that the other thing that you're personally kind of heavy, heavily involved in is, um, is it Sweatfest? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. have you kind of always been, have you always kind of been interested in like booking shows and things or was kind of Sweatfest like just a, what was initially like a one-off thing and then kind of grew? Like how did you kind of get into that side of, of things? Um, I've always booked, you know, little shows here and there. Um, but it was, uh, Sweatfest kind of came out of, um, uh, just kind of like me realizing I was getting older and I wasn't really, um, I wasn't really able to be at every show anymore. Mm. Um, and I, I, I almost sort of like, I started thinking about it one day and I was just like, you know, I hate that. Like, I'm almost all, only at shows that I'm playing. Like <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like it's kind of like a sort of taboo thing for me, but it's, it's also sort of like unavoidable. Cause I've got like a, you know, I'm married. I've got a two-year-old son. I can't like get out to every show. 
Um, so like Sweatfest was kind of like my way of like being like, you know what, I want to do one thing, like one big thing for like my local hardcore scene every year. Mm. So it's like, you know, maybe I'm not putting on shows every weekend or maybe I'm not going to every show every weekend, but I can at least do this one big gesture, you know, and bring in, you know, 20 bands, uh, who otherwise, otherwise, you know, might not make their way through Grand Rapids. Um, and, uh, like, so there, there used to be another, uh, sweat fest in, in the West Michigan area, probably 15 years ago. Um, and it, uh, the guy that did it stopped doing it. And when I decided to do it, I was just like, I wonder if you would let me use that moniker. Uh, so I just kind of like reached out to him. He let me have the name and, uh, I just sort of like brought it back with just sort of that in mind of kind of like doing, you know, just sort of like this, you know, here you go. Here's this like awesome thing that you can go do for a, a mm. day, you know? So kind of my, my way of saying thank you and sorry, I can't be there all the time. <laughs> Cause have you, have you had the one for this year yet? Or was it? Yeah, we just did it in December. Cool. So how, yeah. how did that go? It was good. It was, uh, uh, I think COVID maybe hurt the turnout a little bit, but, there's still, you know, quite a few people there. Um, all the bands were incredible. I did the way I did it this year was almost like more of like a Midwestern showcase. So it was like a mm. lot of bands from like Ohio, Illinois, some Detroit. Um, and then we had, uh, antidote, uh, uh, like New York hardcore antidote come through and yeah. um, they, they had lined. And then a few days later stepped in shit and said some racist shit and <laughs> canceled <laughs> themselves, but, yeah. but but i was glad they did that after sweatfest so <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah it, it it was a pretty good turnout this year it was everything kind of went off without a hitch so that's cool yeah and just because as you say like you wanted to sort of do it as kind of like your way of sort of like still kind of being part of like the the local scene and, and things like that. So are there kind of any, maybe not necessarily Grand Rapids, but more like Michigan bands that you'd want to, you want to give a shout out that you think like people should keep an eye out for that or ones that you're excited for? Yeah. Um, so like our best friends in the world are a band called Bitter Truth. Um, mm. They just put out a record on Patient Zero Records called perfect world it's um if you're like like down to nothing backtrack that sort of thing it's like it's like the perfect uh iteration of like that genre it's it's uh it's just very good bouncy riffy hardcore um that like i can't recommend enough like those guys are they're like the best dudes i know their music rules um uh but then like uh like i said saw chuck earlier like that that band is very good if you like american nightmare um we just played with a brand new band last night called stunner um who's kind of got like that um uh, like a sort of like gag kind of sound okay cool um i think it was their first show but they were they were really good um uh from grand rapids you know there's, there's some bands like roundhouse um split up just like good sort of straightforward hardcore bands just mm. like like really like doing like cool shit but um uh, felon class is another really cool one. Um, uh, they've, they've all got, you know, like, um, fairly, fairly new EPs out. They, I, I think they're all streaming. So 
worth checking mm. out for sure. No, definitely. Yeah. Um, and then just to kind of get back to, to prison suicide, just, we kind of said there was obviously like a spike kind of like post COVID and like we, we've kind of touched upon it briefly at the very beginning that you guys kind of have, have even though you've been a band for for a little while now, like seem to have kind of got the ball rolling even more so post COVID. So, and also because like you mentioned, obviously you've got other commitments in in your life and things. But has that kind of because of COVID and the way that maybe you've had a bit of a bigger reaction since? Has that kind of made you like reassess like where you want things to go with prison suicide or? Are you just kind of living for how things are at the moment? Like, what's your kind of quote-unquote vision for it at the moment? Um, I mean, we, we, I think we still want to do more. Um, but I think, like, the most we're really able to do, because every one of us has kids and jobs mm. and wives, and um, the most we're a- really able to do is, you know, like a weekender here and there. But, um, but I, I, I think our goal is to do, you know, more of those, like at least, you know, like one a month or so. Yeah. Um, which would be a lot more than we've ever done. Uh, and I was actually just talking to my drummer last night on the way out to the show about how we should try to get out to Europe at some point. Mm. Um, but, uh, I I think there's plenty of places in the States we should probably get to first, (laughs) but, uh, um, but yeah, I mean, like we've, we've definitely got goals. We've, you know, like we put this EP out and, um, Sean, uh, from another city records, put it out for us and like, um, you know, he's like a great dude and we want to like do him right. And, you know, like actually go out and promote that EP. And mm. so I, I think like, you know, this summer we're definitely going to get out a little more. I think uh, you'll see more from us. I, we've got, you know, a handful of more songs written too that we just sort of need to like polish up and mm. uh, we, we've kind of slowed down on the writing process. We're not writing a full album in one practice anymore, but, <laughs> but, uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, like it's, it's, you know, still, like all engines go, you know, like we're, mm. uh, yeah, as much as they can be, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but is uh, there kind of a, anywhere in particular? I know you said like Europe would be be a good one, but you, there's places in the states that you still want to hit. So is there kind of anywhere in the states that you've particularly got your eye on that you want you want to kind of hit up? Um, we haven't. We've gone out east a little bit. Um, just like New York. Uh like sort of like that, you know, upper Northeast. Mm. Um, but I'd like to get like, we, we haven't played like Boston or Philly yet. I'd like to get out to the, you know, those spots. Um, Cause I, I feel like we do pretty good there. Mm. Um, I'd also really like to get out West. So like, like uh, LA and Seattle and Portland. Um, our old yeah. drummer lives in Portland now too. So it'd be cool to like go out there and see him play with his bands and stuff. But that's cool. Yeah. And you also mentioned obviously sort of slowing down in the the writing process a little bit. So, but have you kind of got plans for for any like the next release at the moment, or are you just kind of putting pieces together for that at the moment? Yeah, yeah, we've got like five songs written, I think. Um, I just kind of need to clean the vocals up a little bit, like just uh, the lyrics are you know a little bit of a mess, but like I just kind of some loose ends. But uh, um, once those are ready. I think, you know, we'll probably record those probably within the next few, within the next few months. And I don't know what we'll do with it, if it'll be another seven inch or another, or maybe another tape or something, but mm. 
yeah, I think within the year there'll be we'll have some new music out again. So that's cool. Yeah. And just again, just to sort of backtrack a little bit, just because I'm always interested, especially when it comes to sort of like vocalists of like what their kind of sort of thought patterns and and things are. And I think like some people are a lot more kind of open about what they're kind of talking about and and things like that. And others kind of use like, I guess, quote unquote, like storytelling techniques and whatever within their lyricism. So I don't know, like when you're kind of writing songs, do you have a particular process that you, you go through? Do you always kind of like have specific like ideas and themes in your head or is it, do you just kind of have whatever's in the moment and kind of let that kind of flow? Um, I definitely, I've noticed, uh, especially with this band, I, uh, there are themes that I've kind of stuck with. Um, and a lot of it's, uh, um, like the whole first like record is basically about, you know, getting divorced. Mm. Um, uh, and then like, uh, or, or sort of like, like a lot of, a lot of the lyrics I write are, um, about, you know, uh, they're, they're very introspective, you know, like I've got a lot of like yeah. social, social anxiety, I mean, you, I'm sure you can hear me stuttering as I'm talking like this whole time. Um, but, uh, so, you know, it's a lot of like, sort of that, like, you know, kind of like looking into myself and, yeah. you know, I don't, uh, just trying to like deal with some shit, you know, uh, just kind of like, it's almost like therapy, you know, but yeah, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, like I said, yeah, like a lot of introspective stuff, a lot of, uh, um, you know, like, uh, a lot of songs about like, um, leaving the church, you know, like that mm. sort of thing, but yeah. So like, there's, there's a lot of themes I've stuck with that are kind of like, you know, scattered throughout the, the band. So that's, but, cause that's what I was going to ask. Is that kind of along those similar lines for, for the newer stuff or have you kind of gone in a, a bit of a different direction? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's, you know, the themes are still there, you know, mm maybe more mature versions, maybe, maybe <laughs> more, maybe more ignorant versions. If I feel like <laughs> writing that way, I don't know, but, but yeah. That's cool. Perfect. Well, Brett, before I let you go, how I always like to, to round this off is to ask my guests what their favorite song is, but with a bit of a twist. So what's your favorite prison suicide song that you like to play live and why? Um, so there's an EP or like a demo thing that we put out on Sore Ear Collective um, a while back. Um, that's, it's terrible. Like I, I would never recommend anybody <laughs> to listen to, but the songs on it are really good. It's just the recording is horrible. Um, and I feel really bad because I love Jared that runs Sore Ear. He's like the best dude, but uh, we gave him like the worst EP. Um, <laughs> but the, uh, the first two songs on the EP are called Torn and Guilt. And they're, they're kind of like a two for one song. Like they sort of like bleed into the other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they're both like, I, I love playing those songs. They're just like really bouncy, like fun. Like I like dance, like not like hardcore dance, but like just like dance on stage when we play those songs. Like I just like, I can't help it. Yeah. They're just like very bouncy, fun songs. I, I, I don't know. I love playing those songs, but yeah. So if you ever get to see us play or see us play live, definitely watch those songs, but don't listen to them on the recording. So. <laughs> Perfect. Well, Brett, thank you very much for, for your time. Really appreciate it. Um, hopefully we might see you over here at some point in the future, but I yeah. will definitely be keeping tabs on, on what you guys do in the future. So yeah, thank awesome. you very much for your time.
Cool. Thank you. No worries. Take care. Yeah. Bye. So there we have it, folks. Again, another huge thanks to Brett for taking some time out of his day to have a little chat with me. Uh, as always, you can keep up to date with everything that Prison Suicide are doing on all their various social media platforms. They are doing various shows across the state. So if you live over on that side of the Atlantic, go check them out. And fingers crossed, we will be seeing some new music from them much soother, soother? sooner rather than later. Um, I'm hoping to have another guest next week. Um, I just need to work out some some scheduling stuff, but we may we may be doing this every other week at the moment just to to get my feet back in the water. But also because trying to schedule things in at the moment just seems to be an absolute fucking nightmare. But we will be back again very soon. As always, thank you for sticking with us and listening to us whether it's the first time you're listening to the Justin Insight podcast or the 107th no keep fucking that up 217th time listening to the Justin Insight podcast thank you very much thanks for stopping by and I will see you soon <laughs>